Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Today, we are continuing with the X Factor series, right? The X Factor series started with Pastor B3 teaching us about discipleship. And here are the few things that I want you to remember even before we get into what I'm going to share today. That discipleship is God's idea of family. That discipleship is God's strategy for reaching all the nations. And that for us to become participants in bearing fruit that lasts, we must be discipled and make disciples of all the nations. That all the authority has been given to us to go and make disciples. Do you remember that? And that discipleship is the only way to turn ordinary converts into extraordinary giant slayers, giant killers in the kingdom. The only way for that to happen is by discipleship. And then Papa Blesso, who was just in the house here, came and split for us the strategy. The strategy we use at Worship Harvest, which is up, in, out. Up defining the relationship with you, the discipler, and God. Amen? Talking about the fact that if Jesus prayed, we also have to pray. And then spending time with our disciples. After he prayed, he came down from the mountain and then appointed disciples to himself. And then having appointed them and having discipled them, he went out. And you all remember the vivid demonstration of maggots. Wow. When we are reservoirs and we don't give that which we've received, we become, we, 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 we wrote, aye? We wrote and then maggots come out and he was giving some gross stuff. Really all to say that having received, go out. We are a going church. Worship harvest, we are a going church. And so today I'm continuing with the X Factor series. And what I'm going to teach about today is loyalty and following. Loyalty and following. Amen. All right, let me start right away. Um, in 2013, hey, in 2013, I joined Worship Harvest. Not joined, I visited Worship Harvest in December. I remember it was uh, my vacation at that time. And I had heard about a church called Worship Harvest that my sister used to go to. And she told me it was nice and funky. I said, uh, uh, I just, you know when someone tells you something and you just ignore. This was August of that year. And I remember in December, quick forward to December, that very year I was in VAC. And just wanted to try out an alternative church from where I had been going. And so I called, I said, you said there's this church, there's this church, there's a church at Katikati. What time do they start? They start at nine. And I was at that day, on the, at that time I was in St. Andrew's Church, Bukoto, where I used to go. And I said, you know what, it's 8.30 a.m. because I used to attend the morning service. I can get a border. I'll be in Katikati in two minutes, 2K, I have it. I jump on a border, I visit Worship Harvest for the first time. And I remember it was, I think, the second last Sunday of the month because I remember we went for the whole Christmas break and I don't remember going back that year. But I remember that I determined that I was going to go back. So in January 2014, uh, I went for, uh, they, they announced in December that year that next year we have something called season 21, which is a fasting season, and you're all welcome. Anyone, everybody can come. And they said it was somewhere on Lugogo Bypass, which is very near my home. So I said, you know what, I'll go. And you know when you're in VAC, uh, S6 VAC, you're idle. You're free. There's a lot of time. They said, let me go. It doesn't hurt. This thing starts at 6. It ends at, what, 7.30. Those days, there was no curfew. So I went, for this, I went for the season 21. And there, this is what happened. This is how my journey started. I remember I was leaving to go home. So a habit that I had is that I liked to, to, to buy chicken. I really liked chicken. So I, there was a... There is still a... There's a is it a, not a restaurant? It's a bar, really. Panamera. It's the, down there. Somewhere, and if you know that general area of Naguru, you know it. So they had really nice chicken. I think they would cook it to prepare for the people who are coming out in the night. So they'd grill it nicely with the extra kachumbali, what, what. So my program was, 
go to the hub, pass by Pana, and then go home. So this lady comes, she was driving a Mercedes, and uh, she invites me and says, can I give you a lift? Now, you need to understand that at that time, I didn't know anyone in Worship Harvest. Me, I was going to attend a thing that they told us about. So I wasn't even going with friends. I was just going for this thing, and it was nice. They feed the word, you read, you do Holy Communion, you go home. So she asked me, uh, can I give you a lift? I said, no. Uh, uh, no, thank you. I have somewhere to go. Uh, you know, you don't want to, you, you, it's the first time you're meeting someone, so you don't want to tell them how you're going to Panamera. Then we are at church. You understand? I'm going to buy chicken. Eh, eh. So I uh, no thanks. Basically, I'm okay. All right, she leaves me. The same lady the next day, because season 21 was every day, uh, Monday to Friday. So the next day, she says, can I give you a lift again? Because she'd somehow always find me walking up, and then she's taking a ride. I say, you know what? The truth is, uh, I'm going to Panamera first to buy chicken. <laughs> yeah? So, it's drizzling. Okay, no, it's okay. It's not drizzling on me. So, what happened? It's raining here in Nalia, people. So, I hope, I hope you can still hear us very well. So, let me continue. Uh, Panamera, I tell her, yeah, I have to go out buy chicken. Uh, she said, you know what? I'll stop and you buy the chicken. So, I said, oh, yeah, okay. So, I sit in her car. And then when we had just gotten out of the hub, we are starting to go down to Panamera. I get shy. I'm like, you know, the truth is, I'm not hungry. You know, you don't take... Someone to the to what? Then you're from. I, I just say, you know what? It's so, in fact, today I'm not hungry. I twisted a story there so that we didn't go to, to buy the chicken because I just still felt awkward. So we drive, we drive. Oh, where's your home? Oh, you turn here. Okay, you turn here. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Next thing I know, she lived very near me. I said, eh? You mean you just take this route? Because I told her, I stay just behind here. And she said, I also stay just behind here. Next thing I knew, we were real neighbors. In a way, really, it was a three-minute uh, journey to get to her place. So that became my permanent lift from season 21. The lady I'm talking about is Pastor B3. So what happens is I, I met her that way. Then I later found out, of course, uh, that she was married to Pastor Jeremy who then became my very good, first started my very good friend, now he's my very good father. Pastor Jeremy is cool. If you know Pastor Jeremy, he's dope. So he was clicking my English of clicking. He would understand my, you know, that Essex Vagjazi. You know, you don't feel awkward. So you say your things and he has understood. So I, I, I clicked with Pastor Jeremy. And then I met uh, Pastor Jeremy and Pastor B3, very amazing couple. Whose heart, uh, who, uh, God opened my heart to them. And I started to follow these people. Now, here's the thing. I want to share with you who I was. Because you're seeing me today, and you're like, hey, this girl, even she was in Essex back in 2013. Oh my God, what? Oh my God, God is so good. I want you to know that who I am today has everything to do with following. So who was I? I'm going to give you a few things. I was the moodiest girl you would ever meet. I was so moody, you people. You see how I'm excited now? I'll just be there and suddenly I'm annoyed. Yeah, like I'm annoyed. Ask me, Minister Timo is here. He was there in those days. Like you don't know. Someone, someone comes, she's excited. The next thing you know, she doesn't want you. greet her. how are you? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay, as in what? Ah, you people, that's who I was. The other thing I vividly remember, and there are some, of course they've made me become so many things, but I can't share all of them today. I remember one of the vivid things about me is I really hated or despised marriage. I despised marriage. Why? Because of my natural background, and I'll tell you this in seconds. So I, I, I come from a family where my father was married and had four children, okay? My mother was married, had some children. And then my parents met and they were very good friends. And they had a very good relationship. And it was growing and that's what I knew. I knew this existed, this existed, but there we were. Okay? And then what ended up happening is later as I went on in life around my S2, my father went on to have another family. And I'm telling you this in two seconds, but that is about six or eight years of deep pain. 
I can only tell it to you in seconds. So you have to understand this girl who came with this baggage. The thing that irritated me a lot about worship harvest was the married people. I remember genuinely, I would walk into Katikati, I'm like, yeah, 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 we've seen it all. You know, Pastor Angela, how she likes, you know, Pastor Angela, Pastor Emma, what? I'm like, yeah, we've seen all that. Yeah, we, I, so, because in my mind, I had the DNA that you see, my parents were friends, then things fell apart. So everyone who would say, oh, they are so happily married, I'd say, how long have they been married? If they had been married less than 16 years, because my parents' challenges came in about 16 years later. Yeah? Everyone who would say less than 16, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's a matter of time. That's who I was. So I didn't believe in marriage. I believed we shall, you know what I'm saying? If, they, if we get, if we, we don't, if we, and I had such a very unhealthy view of marriage because of what had been shaped by me, but I met people who changed my life. So many things. I can't stop to explain to you, you people. I was, the last thing I'll share with you, I come from a family that was extremely career-driven. Extremely, extremely, I remember in fact, you know, I remember at the end of campus, you know when you're about to graduate, you finish in August, you're about to graduate in December. Every day I received places to apply from my father. Why don't you apply? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? I had no plan, you people. Never of being a pastor. Maybe you in your, you even had half a dream. Not even, it wasn't even half of any dream. It wasn't even on my list. It wasn't. Maybe you're saying, no, I wasn't born to very deeply spiritual parents. No, we didn't even have family altar. Some of you even have family altar in your home. I see those things, I'm like, wow, so magical. We didn't. Yeah, so magical. Oh, you meet your We didn't. But can I tell you something? Everything I am today is as a result of following. My marriage perspective completely flipped. Those who know me now know. I think my husband may be watching. Hey. Yeah. I am the most excited about marriage. And I believe in it with all my heart. But it wasn't always like that. And many other such things have changed about me. I'm no longer that moody person. Everything I am is because of following. God has turned me by discipleship of Pastor B3 from an ordinary convert into a giant slender kingdom. And that is available for you. But it's only available by following. Discipleship works by following. Apostle Mose was sharing in the Fearless Summit this past week in Nairobi. And he said, you cannot disciple someone who's not following you. Therefore, you cannot be discipled by someone you're not following. You cannot. It can become a very nice series and it ends there. Oh my God, what series did we do in August? X Factor. But you will not become unless you make the decision to follow. Because only the one you follow can make you become. Everything I know now is because of following. There is nothing else I know. Who I am today is because of following. Who are you following? Because discipleship works by following. God wants us to move quickly. We are in a revival worship harvest. We are in a revival. The way we are going to move quickly is if we all make the deliberate decision to follow and to follow hard. God wants us to move quickly. We have a window. And when we use that window well, oh, you don't know what's coming. One of the ways to do that is to get in line and start following one who is going to make you become. And so I'm going to share about four things that are going to make us become great disciples. So today here is the thing. I want to talk to you today as a follower. Because only when you follow can you be followed. Are we together? You can't be followed when you're not following. So today's message, receive it as a follower. Amen. Alright, the first thing you're going to have to do, the first thing we are going to have to do, is to make a decision to follow. Mark chapter 1 verse 17. Can we go there quickly? Mark chapter 1 verse 17 and I'll read it. Then Jesus said, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. The role of a disciple is to follow. I said today's message, you're receiving it as a follower, right? Say, my role is to follow. My role is to follow. 
Your role is to follow. Only the one you follow can make you become. The one who you don't follow does not have the responsibility to make you become. So you must first make that decision. You must first live before you follow. Immediately they left their nets, verse 18, and followed him. They had to leave something in order to follow. We are going to have to leave stuff before, before we follow. You must first stop being a fisher before you become a fisher of men. You must first stop being a fisher before you become a fisher of men. Pastor B3 mentioned that a few weeks ago. Yes, Jesus did not find idle people. So yes, you're busy. Yes, you have a job. Yes, you're excelling in your business. Yes, you're not idle. He didn't find people who are doing nothing. No, he found people who are doing something. And guess what? He makes an invitation to them to come into something better. Discipleship is an invitation to come into something better. And that better is becoming a partner in the ministry. So he didn't find idle people. No. Hey, they were as busy as you in your business. But he invited them into something better. Following requires us to be loyal to our disciple. Why? Because you must trust. The disciples had to trust that Jesus was taking them somewhere. Following requires trust in the person who is discipling you. Trust that they are taking you somewhere. Friends, listen to me. Loyalty is showing a consistent and firm support. Loyalty is not fluctuating. Loyalty is a firm, solid, constant support to the person that you're following. Friends, loyalty is personal. Loyalty is not communal. Even if you're watching in the sitting room today with 20 people, this message is for you alone. Loyalty is a very personal thing. And I want to show you two people in the Bible who demonstrate that. If you could take me to Ruth chapter 1 verse 14 to 18. Look at this. This is a story of Ruth. The book Ruth in the Bible, you can go and read it. Naomi had had two, had two sons who, who married uh, Opa and Ruth. And then the two sons died. And so she was left with her, her, her two daughters-in-law. And then what ended up happening is this. Lord, uh, Naomi tells them she's going to go. And so they should leave her and go away. But look at what happened in verse 14. It says, then they lifted up their voices and wept again. This is after Naomi had announced to them how there's nothing left for her. So these guys should go back to where they came from, these two ladies, because her sons had died. She has no other son for them to marry. And so they lifted their voices and wept. Look at what happened. Listen to me, everyone who's watching today. Loyalty is personal. Opa kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. One did the going away, another chose to cling. Loyalty is personal. And it goes on to say in there, she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back for her people. Return after your sister-in-law. Naomi was trying to tell Ruth, do as the others have done. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you. For where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more so. If anything but death parts me from you. They had the same opportunity, but they had to make individual decisions. I was not the only person available for Pastor B3 at that time. Loyalty is personal. This is personal. You make that decision by yourself. It's not communal. This is the only way we are going to actually make disciples and be discipled. By following. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. I'm showing you these two characters. This is Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was one of the prophets, but he is the one who chose to cling to Elijah. And see what happens in verse 6 to 7. Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me onto the Jordan. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Look at this. How many people stayed watching them? They says in the, it continues and says, and 50 men of the sons of prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. 
It's not communal. Loyalty requires commitment. Commitment is a decision, not an emotion. Married people will tell you that. After you feel the butterflies, you must decide to remain married. Loyalty requires commitment. Ruth decided to follow Naomi before she knew there was an opportunity to meet Boaz. Here's the thing. That's what planting does. You make the decision that this person I'm following is it. Before you even know what has to come for them. You're looking at your mission leader and now and saying, what good will come from this person? Oh, 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 you don't know what God is preparing. You make the decision now. That where you go, I'll go. I'll become who you become. That's what loyalty requires, commitment. Only the grace you are loyal to is the one you benefit from. Loyalty requires devotion. Loyalty requires devotion. The second thing I want to talk about is that following requires sacrifice. Tell your neighbor, sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yes, I want to dive us into the scripture immediately because this word scares many of us. But I want us to understand that there is no following without sacrifice. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 to 24. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him do it. Bananga, read loudly where you are. The scripture is on the screen. Read with me. Mm -hmm. Let him do what? Deny himself and take up his cross. How often? Daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. The cross is a symbol of sacrifice. Following requires sacrifice. The first thing I said, you must make a decision. Secondly, remember that following requires sacrifice. Let's read it in the Amplified Classic Version. Because it gets even clearer. Read it with me. I want us to read these ones together. So that we understand that there is a cost to this. Let's read. Mm -hmm. And he said to all, If anyone wills to come after me, let him do, do what? Deny himself. Disown himself. I don't hear you studio. Hmm? Forget. Lose sight of himself and his own interests. Refuse and give up himself. And take up his cross daily and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me. And guess what? Conform wholly to my example in living. And if need be in dying also. Don't mix it. There's going to have to be sacrifice. In order to follow. And only the one we follow can make us become. Are we talking discipleship people? Following requires sacrifice. You see, the temptation with this particular point is to downplay the word sacrifice. Like, okay, you give up something. No, 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 no. Perhaps dying also. Sacrifice is sacrifice. To lose sight of our own interests. I tell you, I wanted to be the governor of Bank of Uganda, me who you see here. I tell you, I studied BCom Finance, and I really like macroeconomics. So, I don't, micro is a bit boring. Macro, you know, those things of um, national affairs, inflation. I like it. I really enjoy I could read macroeconomics for fun. I had to give it up. It requires sacrifice. The other thing I want to, I want to bring to our minds, people, is that sacrificing for people is a disturbing topic for some of us. And you could be here. Like, hey, all this for, for, for people. But God uses people. God uses people. And if your heart instinct, the first instinct is, sure, can't God lead me by myself? Then me, God can tell me. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that that is what they call pride. And I'm going to come to it. God uses people. The same way he will use you. We must recognize, you must recognize that he is also using other people. So yes, because he says, conform wholly to my example in living. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 28. Let's read it together. Now great multitudes went with him and returned and said to him, if anyone comes after me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross,
cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he would finish it? In this scripture, the word hate means, the word hate means in comparison to my relationship with my disciple, the relationship with my father, my mother, my wife, my children, my brothers, my sisters will look like hate. Like Solomon, yes. Read it. In fact, many at him, leave it there. Following requires sacrifice. Something is going to be given up. My disciples' relationship, your disciples' relationship is your most important relationship if you're going to be made to become. I'll say that again. Your disciples' relationship is your most really important relationship if you're going to be made to become. Yes, there's sacrifice, but oh, there's a great reward. You people, there's a great reward. And I'll tell you people, I'm a testimony. I'm a testimony. Because I didn't know what I was doing. What are you doing? Planting what? We've never seen it in our family. I remember you people, one of the painful things, and I had a very loving father. It was so confusing. Very loving father. I didn't have, I, I, I was privileged to have a father who really was good at loving his children. But I remember one day going for an event with my father. And then they asked him, Omanawa Kolachi in English, what does your daughter do? He could not associate with this thing. Do you know when your father also is, is, is trying to come? Yeah, said, ah, Jakwegam in English, it means, ah, let her come and tell you herself with his friends. The way you know those deep voices. What did they graduate? What did she study? What is she doing now? Ah. Yes, it will cost you. That hurt me. And yet later he came around. At some point you will try to explain yourself by the decision you've made. When you finish explaining yourself, God will fight for you. Because God cannot call you and play you. God cannot make these statements and invite us to have discipling relationship to play us. He says the one who loses all this will gain a hundredfold. And even those who seem to have been lost will come back a hundredfold. I will testify to you today, you people, that now I am doing masterminds. Masterminds are like coaching classes with my siblings in there, with my aunties in there, with my mother in there, and my mom is the first to hand in homework. What is that? What is God doing? Following requires sacrifice. Many of us are stuck because of not wanting to sacrifice. But remember that the rewarder is great. They are coming. We bring them back. What have you failed to give up because of... You have to make a decision to sacrifice. Following requires great humility. I said I'll come back to the pride thing. And I'll just quote exactly a quote that Apostle Moses said once he was sharing about this. He said, it takes no humility to recognize Jesus because he's not here. He's a spiritual being. It takes a lot of humility to recognize another human being as being anointed by God for your breakthrough. So guess what, friends? We waste time because of pride. And the question I want to ask you who's watching today, who do you recognize as your divine helper and your destiny helper? Recognition comes by revelation. People have issues. That's why it takes revelation. It takes you being a spiritual man and a spiritual woman to catch this and say, yes, I will go. I will, look, I will not look at the flaws of this person, but this person is the one who's going to be made to become. I will not look at the wild locusts and the honey, but this is my waymaker, the greatest prophet. Jesus said, others were saying, oh, look, this guy is so weird, John the Baptist. Jesus recognized his waymaker. You cannot perceive this with a carnal mind. You must realize that God uses treasures in earthen vessels. They are earthen vessels, but they have treasure, and that treasure is real. So it requires great humility to say, this is the person I am going to follow. You people, that's why catching the anointing is hard. It's a hard thing because of the humility. 
requires to catch the anointing because the anointing rests on people. So we want to become, but we don't want to sacrifice and follow. You cannot become a fisher of men unless you stop being a fisherman. So you end up, I'm following, but when it gets hard, I pull out. Or when the person makes a mistake, I pull out. No, remember it's a commitment that this is it. It's like planting. The last thing I want to say in that regard is that following requires obedience to instructions. I'll, I'll go through those again. You have to make the decision to follow. Following requires great sacrifice. Following requires humility. Following requires obedience to instruction. Because following works by our ability to obey the instructions of your disciple. It is in those instructions that we are made to become. Let's go back to Mark chapter 1, verse 17 to 18. Are we there? Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Verse 18, what happened? They immediately left their nets and followed him. The disciples had to respond to the instruction to follow. Are you responding to the instructions that you are given to follow? The disciples had to respond to the instruction. They didn't just say amen. No, they had to respond to the instructions. We have an instruction on this house to us of all read straightforward financial growth because worship harvest is called to break the backbone of poverty in this nation. The instruction is to save 20% of everything that you earn. Are you saving 20%? It's not hard. Just know the instruction and follow it. You know what? You know as I was preparing, I said, you people, you know what? We can get so clever and dodge the instruction and fail to become and wonder what's happening. Here's the thing. You can even buy a hundred books for a hundred people and you not become. Because the instruction is to follow what's in the book, not to buy a hundred books. So sometimes we dodge the instruction, yet in the instruction is where we are going to be made to become. They had to actually obey the instruction. We have an instruction to wake up at 5 a.m. and pray. In doing that, we are going to be made to become. So are you picking up your calls? Or are you the one who... There's always a story why you couldn't make it. The thing you can't be made to become. You guys, I want you to think about this. Eh? Imagine this scripture read. Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And the disciples responded, Amen. How ridiculous is that? And yet that's what most of us do. Save 20%, we are an economic powerhouse. Oh, we're in revival. We need to wake up and pray. Amen. Uh-huh. What other instructions are? Have we been given? Start a mission or community. Join a mission or community. Oh, evangelize every day. Even they meditate. They said it in family moments. Amen. No. There's a reason why the scripture recorded what the disciples did, not what they said. It didn't say, uh, immediately, they said amen, Jesus. Okay, if they did, it's good. They did something about the instruction. Their yes was seen in their action of obedience. The response to our instruction, I'll say this again. The response to instruction is obedience, not emotional stirring. You don't have to feel an instruction to obey it. You simply need to obey it. The point of instructions is not to make you feel good. When a person stands here and says, read SFFG and practice the you know, The idea is not to make you feel good. The idea is to have you do it and see the results. And those who are doing it are seeing the results. Amen. The response to an instruction is obedience, not emotional stirring. I'll go quickly to the last leg of this that I really wanted to share with us. 
obedience to instruction still, that only those who are under authority can have authority. That's why today I'm asking you to receive this as one who is deciding to put yourself under authority because only then will you have authority. Do you get it? You can only have authority when you're under authority. Matthew 8, 8 to 9, about the centurion, which says that the centurion is, is uh, Jesus was going to heal his son, and Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the centurion said, answered and said to the Lord from verse 8, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having, having soldiers under me. And I said to one, go and he goes, and to another, come and he comes, and to another, do this and he does it. The reason he was saying he, was, he had authority was because he's under authority. A disciple who is not under authority is dangerous. And command is the language of discipleship. Are you commandable? The only way to lead an army is by instruction. And the commandability of an army is what makes it strong. We say that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. A movement is an army. The only way we are going to reach the ends of the earth is by being commandable. The only way to be commandable is to be under authority. Are you under authority? And I'll end the things I'd like to share with us today this way. There's probably a big question in your mind. Having shared the things I've shared to say. How do I know who to follow? Yeah? How do I know who to follow? You, yours just came in the car and then somehow you followed them. How do I know? And I want to share two things for you to look out for. Follow the person whom God has given you. What do I mean? If you are in worship harvest, there is already an order. If you're a huddle leader, follow your mission or community leader. If you're a mission or community leader, follow your cohort shepherd. If you're a cohort shepherd, follow your zonal pastor. If you're a zonal pastor, follow your location pastor. If you're a location pastor, follow your cluster leader. There's an order. Be faithful where you are and God will lift you up. Because for many of us, there's a temptation to all want to say, if you're in the house, say like a promise, you all want Apostle Moses to be your direct discipler. But remember that he's discipling people who are discipling others. So when you receive them, you're receiving him. So trust that the people he has sent to you are like him. Listen, even Paul the Apostle had to send Timothy to other churches. The other day, Timothy, in, is it Pastor Second Timothy? Saying, I'm, I'm writing this letter to you that you may put order in this place. Paul didn't go himself, but he raised sons and daughters who he was able to send that they were able to do as he would have done. For many of us, the reason you have this question in my mind of who do you follow is you want your neighbor's person. Am I talking? There is order. Most times the person that you want is you need to follow is under your nose. But you're looking, so who could it be? No. If you're under the purpose, I say it again. It is there is already an order. An army works by order. If everyone did what they wanted, in English, how do you say that? We don't finish there. Manange. Be commandable. Be commandable. What am I talking about today? Following. Because we want to be disciples. X factor is so nice. How will it happen? You even don't want the series to end. You're sharing the link. Now listen to me. It will work by following. It's not an idea. You give up yourself. You deny yourself. And say, I was going in this direction, but now I'm going to choose to follow. Oh, do we have a great shepherd in this house? And then you'll be made to become. And then you will be made to become. By following Pastor Jeremy and Pastor B3, I'm following Apostle Moses. Because they are his sons and daughters. I like to say I'm his granddaughter. But I'm his daughter as well. But I'm following those who are following him. So the answer to that question is follow the one whom God has given you. Because you see sometimes we have fantasies of people. You have a good idea of somebody, that is the one really, mm, that's the one who works for me. No. 
Then, if you're visiting and, you're, and you're, you're, you're visiting us today and you say, I'm not on worship harvest, okay, what do I do? If you're visiting and you're thinking about making worship harvest your church, do it quickly. Because this is a very good church. And once you do that, then you'll be able to start the journey of following. If you don't belong to the house of worship harvest and you're watching us just today, go and be committed where you are and be planted and follow hard. You want to know who to follow? Follow the one whom God has given you. Amen. Secondly, follow someone who is very clear. Let me say this again. Follow someone who is very clearly under authority. Am I to say it again? Follow someone who is very clearly under authority. Because you're, you're listening to what I'm teaching today. Say, I've made that decision. And you're asking, how do I follow? How do I know who to follow? First, there is somebody whom God has given you. Open your eyes and recognize them. Secondly, follow somebody who is under authority. A man or a woman who is not under authority is dangerous. Let me ask you this question. People watching me this morning. Who can make you lie down? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Who can make you lie down? I want you to write these questions and answer them. Here's the thing. Your disciples should know this person. My disciples know that Pastor Jeremy and Pastor B3 can absolutely make me lie down. Then also, your disciples should know They need to know that, look, Elder Kamara, you have authority to make me lie down. Let them know they won't guess it. Pastor Jamie and Pastor B3, they know that they have a very big say in who I marry. And they are not just finding out here on TV. They're like, wow, we have a big say? No, they know. Why? Because it's a very big decision. But you know what some of us do? We come to our disciples and say, surprise! I got a ring on it. And may I have some contributions? If something as important as that and many other such things we do is not known to your disciples, then they are not discipling you. Because you're not under their authority. You see, when you come to inform somebody, what you're saying is, I'm informing you. Am I shaking some tables? Yeah. Yeah. Listen to me, you people. Following is not convenient. And by now, I think by this teaching, you're feeling, eh, okay, am I following? Yes, following is your whole life. Following is my whole life. It's everything. You say, deny himself. Pick up his cross daily and follow me. And if people think about it, cover is a good thing. My parents have a very great marriage. I think they've been married, what, 13 years now or 14, something like that. So who does me telling them about who I'm going to marry benefit? It benefits me, it doesn't benefit them, it's for my good. It's like that child eating vegetables and they think, if I finish these carrots, eh? No, it benefits me to be accountable. It benefits you to be accountable. You're saved from so much. You're saved from so much. Say, no, don't do that. No, don't say that. No, stop it. No, turn this direction. I did that. Don't try it. I did that other thing. Don't do it. What are they doing? They are protecting you from wasting time. I began and said, God wants us to move quickly. That's why he's giving us these messages. Amen. And remember, people, the more responsibility you carry in the kingdom, the more, the, more, the more restricted you're going to be. Maturity brings about restriction. The responsibility God is entrusting us with brings about restriction. So if everyone is doing what they want, it cannot work. What have I said today?
You must first live and follow before you're made to become. Following requires great sacrifice. Is there a cost? Absolutely. Will your life completely change? Yes. But there is great reward. You cannot dodge sacrificing. You can't follow half-half. Following is your whole life. Following requires great humility because people have issues. So do I, so do you. But it takes a man who understands that there is treasure in this earthen vessel. And I'm after this treasure. To receive the revelation to say, I am going to follow. Regardless of anything else, I am going to follow. This is the man, this is the woman God has given me. Following requires obedience to instructions. Not amen, not emotional stirring. Following requires obedience to instructions. Follow whom God has given you and follow somebody who is under authority, very clearly under authority. And now part with this. You reap what you sow. Follow and become and then you'll be followed and, and you'll make others become. You reap what you sow. You can't be followed when you're not following. There are destinies of people tied to your willingness to humble yourself and obey the instructions from this teaching today. The ones who obey the instructions from this teaching are redeeming the time by immediate obedience. There are very clear instructions you've received today. Redeem the time by immediate obedience. Pastor Lynette and Papa Bless, I'll invite you to come up. And lastly, this is a caution to all of us. Don't make rushed promises now. Oh my God, now I'm finally going to follow you. No, don't promise anything. That's emotion. You start to follow. Devotion is seen. Start to follow. Your disciple will see it. You reap what you sow. Their destiny is tied to your willingness to obey immediately. Start to follow. Your disciple will see. Devotion is seen. God bless you. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. What a powerful, powerful, powerful message. I'm sure where you are, huh? your heart is <laughs> burning. Um, Prophet Lynette is going to share something with us right now. And, and as we pray, um, wherever you are, even as we do this, um, I'd like to just invite you to just start speaking in tongues because yes. there is an impartation happening. It's yes. not just a yes. talk or something. It's an yes. impartation. Yes. So as Prophet Lynette shares, as we give the response, I just invite you to just start speaking in yes. tongues. I'd like to confirm what Pastor Solomon said at the very end because I was typing what I, I, I was hearing. And I was hearing God saying to a couple of us that just change. Don't talk about it. Don't send emotion-filled messages to your disciple. Pastor Solomon said that the point of instruction is obedience, not emotional stirring. And I remember in one of the leaders' trainings, Pastor B3 said, you know, just change. Just change. Change is 180 degree turn around. You're moving that direction, then you turn 180 degrees and go that direction. Like you have never gone the, the other way. Just turn around and your, di your disciple will see it. I'm also hearing um, somebody who, who is thinking these thoughts. And I'll quote, this following thing, can't I speak? Can't we think for ourselves? When does my opinion get hard and be put into consideration? And God is telling you that is an independent spirit. And Bishop Doug, I think it's Bishop Doug who says that it's snakes that like to be alone. Snakes like to be alone. That's an independent spirit. That, that's, that's the spirit of Lucifer. Can't I be a man of my own? In following, following is an invitation to a life of significance. You can choose. God is telling you choose. You can go off, do your own thing, be a man of your own, think for yourself, you know. And you're a man. You're a man. 
and, and you've, you, you've kept saying this following thing, these things, these things. Can't we think? Why did we go to school? That's another statement in your mind. Why did we go to school? What are our brains for? We can't talk. You know, we just do as we are told. What is that? Are we children? Those are your words. And God is saying, look, I'm inviting you to a life of significance. I'm inviting you to a life of significance. The other scripture I'm hearing in my head is humility comes before honor and pride comes before a downfall. Choose humility. Choose to be humble. Choose to be humble. Make me. Break me. Make me what you want me to become. We can only become what God wants us to be when we allow to be broken. When we allow to plug in. When we allow to align. The final call is that there is a window. Worship harvest. We are in a window. Apostle Moses has said we are in a revival. He has said it's not going to be a revival like any other. He has said it's not going to be a revival that, you know, where it's only one man, it's going to be many people. And God is saying, are you going to be among the many? But in order to plug in, in order to be part of this revival, we need to follow hard. We need to align. There is order. God has been preparing us for almost one whole year since last year when we started the series on honor. He has been preparing us for the mighty, mighty outpouring of His Holy Spirit. And on Wednesday, Pastor Blesso and Pastor Solomon told us that there is a level, there is a level where of, of the Holy Spirit being uh, uh, poured out upon us where we cannot get into until we are in order. That's why the disciples had to wait 10 days. They had to be in the same place. Everything had to fall in place for this heavenly thing to burst forth upon them. And following is one of the ways of being in order, aligning worship harvest. God is saying to us, this is a window. This is a window. Don't be left behind. How will you not be left behind? Align. Follow hard. Go on. Ah. Soften. Be softened. Break. Allow for your heart to be broken. That you will be made to become. That you will be made to become. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.